Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us. We are presented, as always, by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Com. Well, today we are going to start a new Kale & Company feature here on WKXL. As each month we will take a look inside the New Hampshire Department of Safety. And today we welcome the Department of Safety's Public Information Officer, Tyler Dumont. Tyler, great to have you with us. Ken, good morning. Thanks for having us. It is uh, our pleasure indeed. And Tyler, before we get started with uh, our topic today... Uh, Tell those of us, or those I think many don't know, uh, what constitutes the New Hampshire Department of Safety. So, folks, listen carefully. This is what the Department of Safety is made up of, <laughs> from Tyler Dumont. No, we really appreciate that, Ken, because, you know, I think a lot of people are still learning about exactly who we are and just uh, the extent of what we do. When people hear safety, sometimes they think, oh, you guys put the highway signs out, right? And um, no, that's not us. Uh, We're actually more the public safety agency is how I I try to describe it to people. Um, If you've ever had a New Hampshire driver's license or if you've ever... Uh, been stopped along the interstate by a guy in green, or, or uh, you've ever uh, dealt with a firefighter coming into your home, chances are you've had an interaction with uh, the Department of Safety. So underneath us, we have seven different divisions. We have uh, the Division of Administration. We have the Motor Vehicles, a.k.a. the DMV, uh, State Police, Homeland Security and Emergency Management, Emergency Services and Communications, which is also known as 911. We have Fire Standards and Training and Emergency Medical Services, which is more commonly known as the Fire Academy. And then we have Fire Safety, also known as the State Fire Marshal's Office. So we have a lot of nicknames around here. So uh, <laughs> the formal name may not uh, necessarily be uh, what you know it as, but um, you know, basically anything that's public safety related on a statewide basis is handled by the Department of Safety. So, in other words, it, it encompasses a lot. It, it really and truly <laughs> does. And, and Tyler is the spokesperson, the public information officer for the New Hampshire Department of Safety. And uh, last week, uh, the New Hampshire Office of Highway Safety introduced a new multi-town speed and distracted driver enforcement uh, initiative uh, along and around Interstate 93. And first of all, why the initiative and what specific areas are going to see additional patrols? Well, Ken, first, thanks for the opportunity to talk about this because um, this is a really important initiative that we just started over this past weekend. Uh, we can tell you that we, we really try to let the data drive what we do. Um, and one thing before I should say before we get into the specific initiative is that the Office of Highway Safety, which is driving this effort, uh, is also uh, under the umbrella of the Department of Safety. A little bit of there's a couple of spinoff agencies, uh, Office of Highway Safety being one of them. Um, and what they do is essentially look at what the data is showing out there on our roadways. You know, where are we seeing the crashes? Where are we seeing uh, the unfortunate deaths out there, what can we do about it? What's causing those crashes and deaths? Uh, and this is uh, a specific initiative that's going to look at 
as you mentioned, uh, both speeding and distracted driving. Uh, the initiative is really focused on a particular stretch of Interstate 93. Essentially, it is from Boscoin extending north to the town of Plymouth. Um, and the reason we're, we're looking at that area, Ken, is since 2019, we've had nine people, nine people killed mm. in that stretch. Um, there's also been more than a thousand crashes within that stretch of the interstate. Uh, and, and so, you know, we looked at that data and then we looked also statewide and, and got a sense of, um, you know, what some of the causes of those crashes are. And they are both speeding and distracted driving. So what is the consensus that makes um, Plymouth to Boscoin such a, uh, you know, it, it seems to be like a more uh, dangerous uh, route than, than others? You know, I don't know if it's necessarily more dangerous. We do know that that is um, a, a real busy area. You know, people are, are commuting in and out of Concord. And um, we, you know, it, it's it's really hard to uh, get a true sense as to why that particular spot, um, you know, may, may differ from others. Um, but, you know, again, we really just try to let the data drive uh, what what we're doing and it, you know, that, that's kind of the area that we're looking at for now. That being said, uh, we're doing saturation patrols all across the state, which essentially is uh, a saturation patrol is when you throw a bunch of resources at one area and, um, you know, try to just either, you know, enforce some of the uh, some of the initiatives that we're working on, but also educate drivers and, and tell them, you know, what the law is. A lot, some people, believe it or not, still don't know um, what the distracted driving law is here in New Hampshire. And uh, I'm happy to explain that to your listeners as well, because honestly, uh, that is something that we are really trying to do and get out there because we, we want people to have a thorough understanding so that they stay safe when they get behind the wheel. Well, I think most people, when they think of the uh, distracted driver law, uh, they think of uh, not being able to uh, use their cell, not uh, using their cell phone by holding uh, their their cell phone uh, in their hand. But I'm sure there's a, a lot more to it than uh, than that. Right, and and that is really um, at the center of it. So holding any electronic device. Yep. So, um, you know, not just your cell phone, but uh, even a GPS, a, t- a yeah. tablet. We've seen people uh, holding iPads, iPods, um, you know, uh, basically any device that requires uh, some type of interaction or data entry. Um, there are some exceptions, though, and people should know that emergency calls to 911 or, you know, other public safety agencies are always allowed. Um, Bluetooth, of course, is encouraged. We really want to keep people hands-free. You know, we want you to drive. Stay focused on the road. Um, so uh, a lot of the new cars, fortunately, do have that Bluetooth option. So we always encourage people to, uh, you know, to use it. I know I uh, have CarPlay, one of my uh, newer cars, and uh, offers the option to, uh, you know, interact with the, the text messaging and be able to just answer people uh, using your voice. And it really is, you know, a, a safer way to go down the road and still be in touch with your loved ones. And uh, and, and the beeping that takes place, too, in the car when you get uh, close to another vehicle or you uh, cross over the white line somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. It's amazing, uh, the technology and how it's advanced. 
Like, you know, despite all the warnings, uh, Tyler, and the unfortunate deaths over the years that have taken place, uh, speed and distracted driving both are still prevalent here uh, in the state of New Hampshire. The statistics uh, certainly uh, bear that out. You've shared uh, some of those uh, with us uh, today, but it, it's, it's amazing that people still continue uh, to do these things that uh, do, uh, you know, Im- impede their driving ability. And, you know, another one that I can think of, too, and I mean, I've been guilty of this uh, from uh, from time to time, and that is, uh, you know, a lot of people eat uh, significant meals while they're behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah, it's, sometimes it's surprising what you see out there on the road, isn't it? Um, when you look over and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're doing that as they're going down the road. And uh, like I said earlier, really, we just want people to drive, you know, just stay focused on the road um, because we know that that really can make uh, the biggest difference in, in staying safe and having a good awareness of what's around you. I mean, um you know, not not that, of course, uh, we want to encourage anyone to uh, look down at their phone, but I know that the reality is most people probably have looked down at their phone while they've been oh, going yeah. down the road, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but if you've been there, you know, how many times have you looked back up and said, oh, my gosh, like, thank God I was able to, to stop in time, or, or thank, yeah. you know, you're, you're grateful that you uh, glanced up and were able to react to something Unfortunately, that's not always the case. All right. Very, very true. Uh, Tyler Dumont is with us. And Tyler is the uh, Department of Safety's public information officer. And uh, this is not strictly a uh, New Hampshire State Police initiative, uh, as it involves uh, local and uh, county enforcement agencies as well. That's right. We're really trying to partner with uh you know, as many agencies as we can. We we do have upwards of uh, 200 law enforcement partners statewide. This particular effort, we've got about a, a dozen partners or so from the local level, uh, working with some county sheriffs as well, both in um, Merrimack and Belknap counties. And then we're also, of course, working with state police who, you know, know these interstates and know where the problem spot, uh, spots are. So we're really fortunate that we have a lot of dedicated members of uh, law enforcement who who really want to improve that road safety out there. No doubt. Uh, Tyler, can you stay with us for a few more minutes? I can. All right. Tyler Dumont with us, the uh, public information officer for the New Hampshire Department of Safety, which uh, he explained brilliantly just moments ago here on WKXL. We'll be back with more right after these words. Kale and Company on WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com. And uh, we are talking about the New Hampshire Department of Safety today with its public information officer, Tyler Dumont, and talking about uh, a new initiative uh, out there that was introduced uh, just last week. And um, we've been uh, chatting about that and uh, chatting about the emphasis on the area between Boscoan and uh, and Plymouth in in particular, but all over the state uh, for that matter. But, you know, uh, that area, when I think about it, uh, Tyler, from uh, Boscoan to Plymouth, most of the time, most of the time, now certainly there are exceptions, but most of the time it's not 
very busy. You know, and, you know, the amazing thing is that there have been as many deaths as there have been and as many crashes as there have been uh, over the years. Do you think people, uh, because of that, get kind of lazy with their driving skills? I mean, I mean, I wonder if that enters into it at all. You do have to wonder, Ken. You know, it's um, like, like you say, uh, there's parts of the state, you know, where, frankly, the roads aren't as busy and you may be the only car out there and then you unfortunately may let your guard down. Yeah. You know, you think it may be safe or safer uh, to take that moment and pick up your phone and glance at uh, a text or, or, you know, check your social media or whatever it is. Um, but there are still risks out there. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, some stretches of the interstate, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure uh, what this particular stretch is like, but uh, I know that there are some stretches where the lighting is just not as good. And yeah. This is New Hampshire, right? There is wildlife out there, and unfortunately, uh, there are times when that's a factor as well. So yeah. it's, it's definitely, um, you know, there, there's so many factors out there on the road, and that's why we really just, when we talk about road safety, it is just um, when you get in the car, you know, focus on driving. Keep your attention on what's around you. Um, and if you would, Ken, I, I'd love to just talk for a moment about speeding because we focused a lot of our conversation uh, earlier right. on the distracted driving aspect. But um, what we can tell you and what the data shows is speeding really is a primary factor in our deadly crashes. You know, just from 2019 to 2022, we had 112 people killed in speed-related crashes statewide. So mm. um, we know that it is a primary factor and uh, certainly, you know, it is taking lives. And when I was looking at, uh, at the law, because that's also something that uh, I think a lot of us, you know, you do your driver's education courses, and then you just kind of move on with your life. And uh, a lot of times people just aren't educated on what the law actually says. So I just want to read this first line from what the state statute is on speeding. Sure. And it says, no person shall drive a vehicle on a way at a speed greater than is reasonable and prudent under the conditions and having regard to the actual and potential hazards than existing. So what does that mean? <laughs> Basically means you're not supposed to drive faster than whatever conditions uh, are present out there on the road. So obviously if you're, uh, you know, out in a winter storm, you want to slow down. If there's other hazards out there, you want to slow down. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a good reminder to all of us that, um, Driving safely isn't necessarily what that sign says on the side of the road. Well, you know, I, I think uh, you know, in, in the statistics that you provided here that uh, a majority of the crashes that, that took place on that, that stretch of 93 that we're talking about uh, many times were with uh, clear and, and dry conditions. So, I mean, it can happen any time. Yeah, that's right. You know, we broke down the data when we were uh, putting this effort together and, and trying to let people know about it. And that is what we're finding, that in at least in this particular stretch of interstate, you know, back uh, to 2019, most of the crashes are happening during the daytime. The conditions are clear. The conditions are dry. So I thought that was very fascinating, you know, that really – it's not necessarily bad weather. It, it is other factors. 
Yeah, very true. I know in, in that area, there, there is a stretch where the, uh, the posted speed limits are a little bit higher as well as they are in most of the state in that in that particular stretch uh, between uh, Bosco and, and Plymouth. I don't know if that impacts it or if people think, you know, the speed limit is, let's say, 65. Uh, they can go, you know, 10 to 15 miles an hour more than that. I, I don't know if that has an impact in it uh, or not. I don't know if the studies have been done uh, about that. But at any rate, it's it's uh, a good thing that uh, this initiative, initiative has been uh, developed and uh, that has been a, a dangerous stretch, as you have, have pointed out. You know, I know... I, I might sound uh, Tyler like an old curmudgeon, and I and I am. I'll I'll own that. I I, I still have a. <laughs> you ve- can no I, way. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a vehicle from 2013, and I want to keep it going as long as I possibly can. But uh, when I get into a newer model car, uh, in in many cases, and you were talking about this earlier, all all the great bells and whistles that they have, and they are great. I mean, they 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 are all there for for safety for the most part and uh, and that and that's a good thing but it's like almost sometimes to us older folks and I include myself in that number that it's like getting into the cockpit of an airplane uh, you know I, I mean they, there's so many uh, bells and whistles there for you know navigation for the satellite radio all kinds of different heat and air conditioning settings and 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 what have you and, and I know they're, they're all for the convenience and some of them for the safety of the drivers. Uh, but to me, uh, to me, it, it's very confusing. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that's, that's the cause of crashes or anything like that. But it can lead to some distraction. Of course. I mean, there's pluses and minuses, minuses with everything, right? And, and, you know, to your point, we've had troopers and, and, and officers out there telling us that they've seen people watching movies yeah, while they're sitting yeah. in the car. You know, they have like full full screens, um, you know, and, and they'll be watching something on Netflix. So we really, you know, it, it is kind of, uh, you know, a, a blessing and a curse at the same time. I can tell you, I've, I just uh, had to upgrade to a newer vehicle last year and one feature that i have in my car is it actually has the speed limits built in uh from the map oh, and wow. so when wow. i'm going down the road uh it it is pretty much right on point so when i pass a speed limit sign and if it changes by 10 miles an hour or whatever uh it does adjust right away and so it makes me think about the speed limit a little bit more than when in my previous car, you know, I didn't have that feature. So you'd have to see the sign and remember what the sign said uh, in order to, you know, be in compliance. So it, it is, um, you know, like I say, there, there's pluses and minuses with everything. Yep. Uh, and certainly some of these safety features that are debuting today can make a huge difference. And one last thing I just want to throw in here, Ken, is, is, is highway safety is not just about police and troopers being out there writing tickets and trying to, you know, um, be out there and give people a hard time. And, uh, you know, it's much more than that. This is about saving lives and it's a partnership with people. We cannot do it alone. Law enforcement, like every profession right now is struggling to find people. There's only so many cops and troopers that are going to be able to be out there and, you know, have interactions at the end of the day, it's a partnership with all drivers who are either visiting here or live here. And we need people to just know that this is a problem. 
we're providing you with the, with the data, and, and we just hope people will think about that and make smarter decisions. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, you talked about uh, looking at texts, you know, uh, if you're if you're driving, uh, you know, you still you still will see the occasional person not only looking at the text, but uh, responding to them as well. Uh, you know, and uh, that's not a good thing either. But uh, people have to be uh, more aware of what uh, their surroundings are and uh, the speed limits and, and, and that. And uh, you guys at the Department of Safety are are doing a, a terrific job in, in promoting this uh, initiative. And we talked about the stretch from uh, Bosco into Plymouth or vice versa. But, but again, as you uh, said earlier, uh, this is an entire state uh, operation. It is, yes. We do have uh, efforts going on statewide, you know, uh, focused not only on speed and distracted driving, but also on impairment. We know that impairment is a leading cause of some of the deadly crashes that we are uh, seeing out there on the roads, and uh, you know that that's constantly something that we are looking at and checking the data and seeing uh, where where are we seeing more uh, issues of impairment. So, you know, it, it, unfortunately, there are um, quite a number of factors that are are causing these deadly crashes. But what we're finding is that uh, the the leading causes are all preventable. Impairment, speeding, distracted driving, they are all preventable. No doubt about that. And uh, Tyler Dumont, I want to thank you for being with us on our first uh, deep dive into the New Hampshire Department of Safety. And we'll be uh, doing this uh, the final Tuesday of every month. And we appreciate uh, all that you do and all that the department does uh, as well. So uh, thank you for being with us. I want to thank you, Ken. Thank you for the time. Thanks for helping us get the word out. You know, we really rely on media partners like yourself to ensure that uh, people are educated. They know kind of what we're what we're working on and trying to get out there. And ultimately, you're helping us save lives. So thank you. Well, it is our pleasure to do so. Tyler Dumont, thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Ken. Thank you. All right, Tyler Dumont. Public Information Officer for the New Hampshire Department of Safety, which encompasses seven divisions, he said, I believe. All right, we'll take a break. We'll get the weather forecast and, and more coming up. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale and Company Live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com Tell you, uh, Boston Bruins players are going to be looking for overtime. <laughs> looking for a little pay hike for the sixth consecutive game. Bruins had to go into extra time. And this time it was a shootout. And the Bees lost to the Kraken in Seattle. 4-3 to three was the final uh, last night. B sent the game into overtime when Charlie Coyle scored with less than three minutes left in regulation time. David Pasternak had the other two goals for Boston. Pasta now has uh, 38 goals on the season. Bees have, uh, as I said, six consecutive games have gone into extra time. The Bees lead the NHL's Eastern Conference by one point over the New York Rangers. And the Bruins will be hosting the defending 
Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday as it marks the return of Bruce Butch Cassidy back to the TD Garden as head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, uh, for several years, he was the head coach of the uh, Boston Bruins. Celtics uh, back in action tonight. They will be at home against the Philadelphia 76ers, but a lot of luster has gone away from that game. It is a nationally televised game tonight on uh, TNT. But uh, reigning NBA MVP Joel Embiid of the 76ers remains on the sidelines uh, due to injury. So that takes uh, a lot of the luster uh, away from the matchup. I mean, it would be uh, fun to see uh, the Celtics and uh, and how they uh, defend against Embiid and uh, be... You know, you, you would think more of a challenge, obviously, when he's out there. Uh, but uh, he is not going to be uh, in action tonight, unfortunately. For the 76ers, Celtics have won eight straight. Remember that horrible loss they had on a Saturday night uh, to the Lakers? Nationally televised game against the Lakers on a Saturday night, and they were horrible. Celtics were horrible, that is. But since that time, they have won eight in a row, stretched out over several weeks because of the long hiatus for the All-Star game. This is the Celtics' first home game in quite some time. So anyway, they have won eight straight. They lead Cleveland by 7.5 and, and Milwaukee by 8.5 atop the NBA's Eastern Conference. The Boys Division II High School Basketball Tournament begins tonight with the preliminary round, and there are lots of uh, local teams in action tonight uh, with Kingswood at uh, Cobrown Northwood, Kennett at Manchester West, Merrimack Valley at Laconia, and Oyster River will be taking on the uh, Spartans of Pembroke Academy. Now, that game will be at uh, Pembroke Academy, 7 o'clock for all of those games. And by the way, if you're going to that Pembroke game uh, tonight at 7 and you're rooting for the Spartans, as I'm sure most of you uh, will be from this area. The uh, the boys would like you to wear black. You're going to have a blackout at the uh, the gym tonight at uh, Pembroke Academy. So we'll see how that goes, and uh, good luck to them and head coach Mike Donnell. Uh, girls hockey prelims are also today. Concord Eye Crimson Tide will be at Exeter, the rinks at Exeter for a 3 o'clock face-off. Red Sox won another one in preseason play last night, or Grapefruit League action. It was, it was in the afternoon, by the way. Uh, Red Sox beat the Phillies 7-6. to six. Red Sox will take on the St. Louis Cardinals this afternoon. Red Sox are 3-1 and one on the spring. Yeah, it's only, it's only the Grapefruit League, folks. Remember that. Red Sox still apparently in negotiations with uh, left-hander Jordan Montgomery, who was one of the uh, key cogs in the Texas Rangers uh, climb to the uh, World Series and uh, ultimately the World Series championship last year. Jordan Montgomery is out there as a free agent. And uh, let's see if the Red Sox can uh, meet his price. It would be nice to have a left-hander like Jordan Montgomery at the top of the rotation, and that's certainly where he would be at this point uh, with the Red Sox. 
Well, it's been uh, this from a CBS NFL page. It's been a quiet month for Bill Belichick after getting passed over for the Atlanta Falcons head coaching job in late January. Not much has been heard from the six-time Super Bowl winner. No one seems to know what his plans are for 2024, but his son, Steve Belichick, uh, did offer some interesting information about his dad during a recent appearance on the Greenlight with Chris Long podcast. Of course, uh, Chris Long, longtime uh, NFL player who uh, spent uh, some time uh, with the Patriots. I think it was one season. Uh, with the Patriots, but I think it was a Super Bowl season, as I recall. Uh, during the interview, Steve Belichick was asked about how his dad has been doing since being let go by the Patriots. And Steve said, yeah, I think he's good. Uh, let the stuff roll off your back and move forward. He doesn't dwell unless we lost the game and he needs to get on some guys. But eventually you got to turn the page. Honestly, I wasn't too involved in any of that stuff meaning Bill leaving the Patriots. He did his thing, I did my thing, and that was kind of that. After giving a brief update, Steve also added that his dad seems to be eyeing a TV job. Uh, Steve Belichick said he's definitely pursuing some other stuff, whether it's TV or a regular on Greenlight, the podcast he was on with Chris Long, or whatever it may be. If the elder Belichick does decide to go into television for the 2024 season, any network that covers the NFL would almost certainly love to have him. That is for sure. Uh, although uh, Belichick is known for his grumpiness, he actually makes for pretty compelling television. And if you need proof, just consider this. He has already won a sports Emmy. He took home the award in 2021 after serving as an analyst on the NFL 100 all-time team series that aired on the NFL Network during the league's 100th anniversary season. Now, Belichick does take a TV job. That will definitely be notable, if only because it means that he won't be on an NFL sideline. Get this. For the first time in 49 years, 49 consecutive years, Bill Belichick has been on the NFL sidelines for one team or another. Now, Belichick's coaching career started as a special assistant with the Baltimore Colts in 1975, and he's been on an NFL sideline ever since. Belichick will almost certainly have some coaching opportunities in 2025, who knows, maybe even in the middle of uh, 2024 when somebody gets the axe, which is uh, inevitable, right, in the NFL or all sports for that matter. But for now, TV might be Bill's best bet for the 2024 campaign. Like I said before, I've stated it here a couple of times anyway. Tom Brady is already going to work for Fox, and he has got a huge, huge contract with Fox Television to be a game analyst next year, 2024, this coming NFL season. So he's all set. Tom Brady's okay. He's he's doing all right. No, we won't hold any uh, fundraisers for Tom Brady in the in the near future. I I would love to see. You know, I I'm sure some of you are familiar with the Manning cast. 
uh, during Monday Night Football when Eli and Peyton Manning, uh, the game might be on ABC, let's say, and they're on ESPN talking about the game, but having guests along the way and, and that sort of thing. You know, when the football game is on the screen, you really don't need that much play-by-play. You really and truly don't. And I think it would be wonderful, wonderful, if Fox did a Brady-Belichick kind of Manning cast, as it were, where they would be in the booth, they would be in the booth, and at the game, but also, uh, you know, analyze the game, talk to some guests. I think it would be a great concept. And you, 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 I would uh, think the ratings for that would be through the roof for a Brady-Belichick tandem. Just the two of them. Just the two of them in the booth. Why not? Be bold. Fox has always been pretty good about that. They're, they're usually ahead of the game when it comes to sports. Think about it. Think about it, Fox. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues here. WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we shall return. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. If there's something you would like to add to the program today, feel free to do so. 603-224-1450 is the number to call on National Kahlua Day, National Protein Day, National Retro Day. There you go. I don't have an antique car, but I, I, what I would say is kind of a retro car by today's standards. Uh, not, not a lot of bells and whistles as we were talking about earlier with Tyler Dumont from the Department of Safety. I don't care for that, really. I really don't. I, I, still, I still have a, a CD player in my car. How many people can say that? Uh, but I do. I, I wouldn't want to give up my CDs. You know, and I'm going up that stretch of 93 between uh, uh, Boscoan and, and Plymouth. I like to crank those CDs from time to time. No, um, you know, I'd miss it. I I know, uh, you know, a friend of mine has a, has a vehicle, and they bemoan the fact that they no longer have a CD player. I mean, I guess you could put one in, right? I guess I I don't I don't know. I'm not that technical. Anyway, yesterday we read a uh, David Brooks article from the uh, Concord Monitor, the Granite Geek, as he's called, and yesterday he was talking about the 603. Area code today. Another another good article, David. He just keeps cranking them out every day. Uh, this one is state EV plans in slow lane. And we'll talk uh, more about this tomorrow with uh, Dan Weed, among other things, when uh, Dan from Weed Family Automotive joins us here in studio on WKXL on Kale & Company tomorrow between uh, 8 and 9. So David Brooks writes... And I, I don't have time to read the whole article, but the gist is uh, New Hampshire likes to be different, to celebrate our uniqueness. We point to things like motorcycle helmet freedom and cannabis lack of freedom. Nobody said we were consistent. And freeway signage, freeway signage. Think about it. Freeway signage, you say? Well, uh, we are just uh, one of a couple of states 
that still number freeway exits sequentially, as in one, two, three, etc., instead of using the number of miles from the start of the highway or state border. Now, in parentheses here, it says Vermont cheats because they use both. They use both the sequential numbers and I guess how far it is from the border. I don't recall that, but anyway, I'll take David's word for it. And we're going to stay that way, doggone it, even if tourists get confused. A proposal to renumber exits, as Massachusetts did in 2022, has been yanked from the state's next 10-year transportation plan. I discovered this tidbit, David Brooks did, when checking the 10-year plan, which proposes almost $5 billion worth of spending, much of it not state money, between 2025 and 2034, for roads, streets, bridges, roadside work, and road paving, plus some other transit stuff. It recently went to the governor for his consideration. I was looking through the plan for something a little more significant than exit numbers, whether we'll continue balking at the transition away from the 19th century automotive technology. The answer seems, unfortunately, to be yes. <laughs> I like the old style myself. You know, you've become familiar over the years with those, those uh, exits along uh, 93 in the Everett Turnpike. You know? I mean, who cares how far it is from the border, right? Really, I, I, you know, like that, some of the exits are, you know, really parts of our lives. You know, you, you know how to refer to them. You remember the names as you come up 93. You remember the towns they're in or uh, the Everett Turnpike. But uh, we're, I, I don't think we're going to change them uh, anytime in the near future. Uh, going back to David's piece today, the Granite State is notorious in certain circles for our shortage of public charging stations for electric cars and trucks. While Massachusetts, Vermont, and more recently Maine have realized that battery-powered vehicles are the future, whether we like it or not, and have been helping to build or locate chargers, New Hampshire has provided virtually no state support, and it shows. Many of our legislators hope either that EVs will somehow go away or we'll return to the car culture of their youth, or else that the almighty invisible hand of the marketplace and the federal government will do everything for us. Aside from Tesla, the marketplace hand is still invisible. The feds, as part of the Biden administration's sweeping clean energy legislation, are slowly arriving, but I do mean slowly. This again, uh, David Brooks today in the Concord Monitor. The 10-year plan has federal money for 20 D.C. fast-charging units from Salem to Laconia, plus infrastructure to add some in Hooksett presumably alongside the Tesla chargers at the I-93 Welcome Center. That's nice until you realize that construction isn't slated to start 
on most of these until, listen to this, folks, 2033. Nine years from now. That's three presidential elections away. (laughs) As for Concord, four fast chargers were targeted at a Hannaford store in Concord, but that idea has been yanked as too expensive. Disappointingly, there isn't anything in the plan for slow chargers called Level 2, presumably because the feds aren't handing us money for them. Fast chargers, which are called Level 3, serve the long-distance crowds, such as tourists, but the slower chargers, which cost much less to install, are more useful for day-to-day living. This isn't obvious at first because EV charging is different from pumping gas, of course. In a well-designed world, EV drivers don't need to worry about filling up on every visit. They can stop at the store at 10 miles in range from a level 2 charger while shopping, uh, go to dinner and add 20 miles, go to work at 50 miles before heading out, and so on. Even if they don't have a charger at home, they can keep the battery full. Alas... It may be a long time before New Hampshire is such a well-designed world. By the way, I realize that electric vehicles are no panacea. Swapping fume-emitting vehicles for EVs does nothing about the need for roads, parking lots, garages, the expensive and the ugly infrastructure needed to support car-centered existence, and won't cut pedestrian deaths or reduce the flood of used tires filling the landscape. Those improvements will require sweeping changes in the way we design and build our towns and cities and how we support public transportation. But EVs will trim local air pollution, reduce noise, an underappreciated benefit in city centers, and are a necessary part of the transition to an economy that doesn't put our grandchildren's lives in peril. Well, I, th- I think the... Uh, Emissions, and we'll talk uh, talk with Dan about this uh, uh, tomorrow on the show. Dan Weed from Weed Family Automotive. Uh, the dangerous emissions from uh, gas-powered vehicles is certainly not what it once was. Those uh, emissions are not uh, what they used to be in a, in a positive way. In a positive way. Uh, lots of... Uh, Developments have taken place over the years, and uh, so you know the uh, the gas-powered vehicles that uh, are certainly outnumbering the electric vehicles right now. Uh, anyway, do not emit uh, as much bad stuff into the air as they once did. And we'll get into that uh, tomorrow with Dan Weed from uh, Weed Family Automotive between eight and nine on Thursday. We'll uh, talk about the Relay for Life, a project of the American Cancer Society. It's been raising money for the American Cancer Society for many years. And uh, the Relay for Life will be held in New Hampshire on June the 1st. But they need volunteers. They need teams. They need captains for teams. So do what you can to help out. And you'll get more information on that program on Thursday during Kale and Company, the Relay for Life. I know many of you are already familiar with it. 
Some of you have uh, taken part in it in the past. We'll talk about the uh, 2024 edition. Of course, Friday Fun Bunch on Friday. All here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Thank you very much for joining us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. And remember, folks, to always look on the bright side of life. Have a great Tuesday, everyone.